looking for a job. In fact, I've made up my mind to find a career that I can learn and grow into. Welcome to the Midwest Friendlyheads Podcast. I'm Alex. I'm Nick. I'm Tim. Today we're going to talk about what we've been watching, go over a little bit of the film news this week, and then finally end with a full review of Dan Gilroy's... Is that okay, Tim? Dan Gilroy! Dan Gilroy's Nightcrawler. (laughs) Gilroy's got it. Nice. So before we get to that, feedback at MidwestFilmNerds.com, write in with any uh, feedback that you've got on the show, what we've been talking about, or anything you would like to see us do. Uh, Facebook, we're on there, Midwest Film Nerds Podcast. Uh, go on there, tell us what you think we should review for the rest of the year, because the schedule's looking kind of barren, in my opinion, anyway. Uh, at MFN Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, 248-7335-MFN, which is 248-7335-636, and then... MidwestFilmNerds.com has all of our previous episodes plus full show notes for every episode. So, go there. Uh, what we've been watching, Nick, what have you been watching? Excellent introduction, Alex. Thank you. <laughs> um, I've been re-watching a, uh, a very beloved show uh, for me called Dead Like Me, mm. which... The odds are actually decent. I've talked about it on the podcast before. I think so. I, maybe like a hundred episodes ago, we did a "What You've Been Watching" and I mentioned it. But it's a uh, <clears throat> Showtime show that uh, centers around a girl who dies in the pilot episode, and she becomes a reaper. That is, there are there's like a small army of these people that walk around amongst us, and they uh, help people transition from death to lo- from uh, life to death, basically. And it's a it's a black comedy. It's, it's this is Brian Fuller. It is Brian Fuller. This is I think this is actually the first show that Brian Fuller yeah. got made, and um, you know it, it set the precedent for his fixation on death. But it's a it's a beautiful show. It's it's mostly a black comedy, but it's got some some good drama peppered throughout there, and it, and it asks a lot of and answers I think in ways a lot of heavy questions about the nature of life and death and what comes after and learning to appreciate what happens during and it's um it's a really great show and it's one that I, i'm probably on my this is probably this has got to be my seventh or eighth full watch through of the whole series hmm. and i mean it's only two seasons but it's it's fantastic and i, I recommend it to to just about anybody it's a 50 minute <clears throat> yes okay what is it on anywhere what's is it it is. Uh, it's not streaming anywhere. Okay. It's um. It's not on Amazon yet. I know it's Showtime. Never mind. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, I have the DVDs. They don't make it on Blu-ray yet. It's streaming from Nick's DVD show. Okay. It is. Yes. You can. <laughs> if anybody wants to, you can feel free to, to write in, and maybe I'll loan it to you. But it's um, it's it's excellent. And uh, yeah, I've been waiting a, a waiting a Blu-ray release for a long time now, and uh, the DVDs still look fine though. Like it's um. You know, it was a good-looking show. It's very... And the other thing that's cool, too, is the production is really good. Like, it's almost shot and edited a lot like a Guy Ritchie movie. There's lots of these crazy transitions and, like, weird camera moves. And it's uh, it's just a... It's a treat okay. from top to bottom. It did it did go out a little too quickly, uh, as uh, we are, you know, tending to say about things involving death. But it did get brought back as a direct-to-DVD movie, and I heard it's so bad. You still haven't seen it. I've never seen it, and okay. I probably never will. Is it the same team, like the same creative team no, and everything? No, okay. like, I don't think so. But, like, some of the cast members didn't return, and some of them they wrote out, and some of them they recast, and it's mm. just a mess. So when it was coming out, I got kind of excited, and then somebody I know saw it, and they were like, don't. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I won't. So that I think that's actually about all I've been watching. I've watched a few movies here and there, but okay. um, that's, that's of most note. All right, Tim, you've been watching quite a bit from what I hear. I'm catching up. Yeah. I'm catching up on it. A lot of stuff. Um, I go to rapid fire a couple. All right, good. A couple. Um, Sabotage, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger yes, and Terrence yeah. Howard. How was it? The meanest movie I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> like, it's kind of like an action version of The Counselor. It's pretty terrible. Like, it's... Uh, it's Tim, The Counselor had lots of action in it. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm totally kidding. <laughs> on top of Javier Bardem's car, if I remember, it was a lot of action. <laughs> um, if you haven't seen the counselor, you probably shouldn't. But I loved it. Listen uh, to our episode because that's yeah. heavily debated. Yeah. Is it okay? I never listened to that episode. You should. A fan, right here. <laughs> Tim, if you're out there listening, listen, <laughs> this is related. Um, so that movie, it's a giant. It's kind of a disaster. It's, okay. it's really funny because. Fury, David Ayer, who directed mm-hmm. Sabotage, directed Fury and Fury. Is this, is this the one about the, the, the DEA squad? Yes. 
Yeah. It's not the one who replaces Sheriff. No, that's oh. the last stand. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Sorry. But this is, it's a lot, it's still a lot of fun to watch because it's so brutal and mean and it's about like Mexican drug cartels and they they torture and kill Arnold's wife. It's the most violent movie, I've, Arnold movie, I think. <laughs> really? It's really, really dark and gross. <laughs> there is a part, I, I don't want to spoil too much, but there's a part, there's a chase through like a couple random streets and a car hits a random, like, day-glow biker. Like, some of them, like, fluorescent biker things. And the biker just explodes all over the windshield. And it was really funny. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that was not very good, but kind of fun. Right. Um, Number out of, out of ten, what would you give it? I'm going to go six. Okay. Six. Um, Is it good for, like, the recluses? Will this be on the list of... Uh, the oh, yeah, I got to think. Uh, think about didn't that. that come out last year, though? Or was that this year? That was early this year, I think. All right, I think so that was it's January. Eligible. Yeah. It's eligible for this year's recluse list. Yeah, I still have to watch... Well, was Escape Plan? Well, Escape Plan was the year before. Yeah. So I'm still catching up on that. Um, Grand Budapest Hotel, which you guys reviewed, was yep. amazing. Yeah. I loved that. Um, totally. Willem Dafoe for this, and then John Wick should get some sort of award for, like, <laughs> most unsung... Character because he's hilarious in this Absolutely. too. Um, but it's uh, if if you don't like Wes Anderson, this is definitely not the Wes Anderson movie to watch no. because it's very, very. Um, it was a good return to form. I thought. Yeah. Did. did you not like um, the last one? Um, Moonrise Kingdom. I never saw Moonrise. It. Okay. But I heard enough negative things about it that I was not as big of a fan of Moonrise. Okay, that's and, yeah. but and I really loved Fantastic Mr. Fox. Okay. Well, this is weird because it's got a lot of, like, it's directed kind of like Fantastic Mr. Fox. Yeah, it's yeah. so, it's really, I thought it was really amazing. Yeah, um, absolutely. And then Brick Mansions I fell asleep during. The yeah. Paul Walker Rizza yeah. team up, one of his last movies. It was basically, it's a remake of District B-13, the French, like, parkour yeah. movie. Really? David Bell in it? Yeah. Brick yeah, yeah. He's in both of them. And it's basically, it's, it's so similar that... It was kind of nice because I hadn't seen it in a while. Yeah. So it was just like an like an English speaking rewatch of that movie. Yeah. So, but I it was all right. Um, and then oh, I wanted to talk about Locke starring Tom Hardy. Yes. Because other than this performance in this movie is amazing. Hmm. Like this is this is the best performance I've seen in a while. It's Tom Hardy in a car. He plays like a um, construction foreman, or and he's basically. Trying to talk someone through laying down concrete for this big thing, and then he's dealing with other things. I don't want to give too much away, but it's just him in a car on a Bluetooth for an hour and a half, and it was the most intense thing I've ever seen. And it's him just dealing with like life problems. It's nothing big. Like he's about to get fired from his job, and he's um, talking to his wife, and he's talking to this other woman, and like it's he's so good at it the whole time, and it's just him talking on the phone to people. <laughs> so it's like buried with Ryan Reynolds, but. Probably a lot better. Okay. Yeah, I think so. I don't know what Buried is like. It's, I didn't see Buried. Buried is like locked, but not good. <laughs> <laughs> Buried's interesting. I shouldn't say that. Okay. It's been a little while since I watched it. But that was just Ryan Reynolds buried alive okay. in a coffin. And he has a cell phone that works for some reason. Okay, I think that might be more of a... That's more of a suspense thriller than yes, this is. Because yes. this is, this is more of kind of like a drama. It's so interesting. weird. Uh, it's just so... It's a really ballsy movie okay. to make and I really enjoyed it. I it's a really interesting uh, director. Yeah, who was that? Directed by uh, Stephen Knight who's a writer primarily yeah. but he also directed Redemption with Jason Statham which is probably really stupid but the trailer made me kind of want to see it. Okay. But he... Um, I thought he wrote something. I can't he wrote it. Eastern Promises. That's what it was. He okay. wrote uh, the Netflix original Peaky Blinders which I've been wanting to watch. Um... And he also wrote, well, that's about it for the big stuff. He's an English guy, so he's got lots of English okay. credits. The, the one of Eastern Promises. Eastern Promises is great, though. Yeah. <clears throat> so that's, that's about it. All right. Oh, wait. He, uh, Good. The Seventh Son is on his filmography. Oh. Wow. He, wrote, he wrote Seventh Son. All right. Fin we'll finally get to see it next year. Right. If it comes out. He's got a lot in development, too. I'm not going to believe that movie's out until it's out on TV. Uh, how, how did you see Locke? Did you, did you um, rent it? It was a, uh, it's on Amazon for like four bucks. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because so, when they announced it, well, that's I, I think it was done like two years ago or something. It's just taken a while to come out because I really it wanted to see it. It made the festival circuit for like a long time. It yeah. hit a few festivals. 
Yeah, I wanted to. Uh, I wanted to see it for a long time. I yeah, I Tom forgot Hardy's about a, it. He has I... a knack of being in these movies that take a while to come out. <laughs> like Warrior, I remember took a while to come out too. Mad yeah, Max is <laughs> taking is taking a minute. He's a master of the delayed release. Interesting. He's like a he's like a cold medicine that doesn't kick in right away, <laughs> but it lasts longer. In terms of catch up, I would also like to do. I know uh, Stretch. <clears throat> directed by uh, 18 guy oh Carnahan, Carnahan. Yeah, Carnahan. yeah that's on yeah. Netflix Str- yeah that just yeah. that just got released it was a an on demand and now I think it is on Netflix stars his 18 muse Patrick yes. Wilson and then um, oh James Badge Dale was in it yeah exactly so I, I do I do want to see Leota. Leota but um and Hasselhoff oh man this just shot up the list <laughs> <laughs> I that's uh, I remember mentioning it in the group text and then nobody kind of was like oh I threw it on my queue I threw it on my Netflix uh, Randy Couture and his cauliflower ears are, is in it <laughs> that's good but uh, I would like to see that I want to do I want to see Birdman obviously yeah so we might have a few things that we can pepper into December because December's kind of weak oh a little okay. bit Jason Manzoukas is in it that's fantastic <laughs> totally sold. I was oh, totally no, Norman Reedus is in there, guys. No, no, Let, let's I'm get sorry. on it right away. <laughs> um, so I have been watching... I, I will talk about uh, TV shows first. I have been watching season three of Arrow and uh, season one of The Flash on the CW. Okay. Ah. Uh, Arrow has kind of faltered for me a little bit. I don't think they stick the landing... or I, I, don't, I don't think they're... they're uh, I don't think they hit the ground running when they come back from or like season one took a few episodes for me. Season two takes a few episodes. Season three, I feel like these first the first few, I'm like, I don't know why you made these changes. I don't know why you're doing these things, and it just hasn't made a lot of sense to me. But I think they're finding their footing, and I think that's it's getting back to the arrow that I like, and kind of finding that pace and finding interesting places to go. Because Arrow is one of those shows that actually resolves things within each season. Mm. Like, you get actual resolution to the big questions that you had. So, the fact, you know, maybe that's the issue is that they fix everything and then they have to go and start. They have to find new threads to start and things like that. So, I think it was a little shaky earlier on, but now they're on like episode six, five or six, and, and I think it's. Oh, we're it's still good. early in the TV season, aren't we? Yeah. Can I ask you a question on Arrow? Sure. I saw a GIF online of a of him shooting a punch, uh, a boxing glove arrow at yes. someone hitting him in the face. What's. When oh, am I spoiling happen? this for you? I don't know. Oh, man. I think that just happened. Did it just happen? Okay. Week, yeah. Have you not? Okay. I, don't I think, think that's, that's really exciting. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that one. Oh, I'm, boy. I'm up to date, though, and I don't remember seeing it. I don't know. Okay. Maybe that's this week. Maybe. Maybe, maybe, maybe it'll happen. Yeah, I saw, I, it. I somebody, saw it online. Somebody did a side-by-side of that panel from the comics. Yeah. It's I, happened more than once. Okay. Comics, but yeah. I thought, I, I, went, oh, I think boy. he's in, like, a boxing gym, it looks like. I think he, like, impales a boxing glove on an arrow and shoots it to knock somebody out. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, it's awesome. I don't remember. <laughs> I do remember a boxing gym, but it, they, that boxing gym has been a location for the season, so I don't know. But um, the Flash, I, I I actually like the Flash a lot. It's it's goofier than Arrow. It has a little bit more fun. He's a bit of a younger guy, but I like the uh, I like the cast that they're built. I like the fact that Ed is in a TV show that I can watch again. Uh, Ed. Um, uh, the, uh, the, the no, show, no, the no, show no. Ed, yeah, Tom Cavanaugh. Tom Cavanaugh, yeah. Tom Cavanaugh is there as Harrison Wells, and um, oh, I forgot to say, I do really like that Brandon Routh is is. Uh, oh, is he on He's a guest star on, on Arrow this oh, yeah. season, and, and it's he's been pretty awesome so far. He's playing the Adam. Yep. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. Cool. So, um, Routh is back in the DC verse, <laughs> baby. <laughs> uh, Superman returns. <laughs> I, I do the I, I have liked the Flash. I think I'm just a little bit more drawn to the Flash and who he is and the science of the Flash more so. Like it's a much more science focused show than Arrow is. Like the the, the Batman ness of Arrow drew me into that, but I think the science of the Flash has me a little bit more like this is pretty sweet and I'm enjoying uh, how that's going. And and like finding the new uses of his powers as he does and seeing exactly what he can do it's just it's a little bit more compelling to me than just the oh I'm green arrow I'm going to go and shoot people with green arrows so you know um, and then I also managed to catch uh, Braff movie 2014 
which is Wish I Was Here. The Kickstarter film that almost uh, ended Nick and I's friendship, apparently, on our Pain and Game episode. I think it was more Pain and Game, yeah, pain but and it was game. really a yeah. build-up. It was never really... Anything, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I, don't, I didn't like it nearly as much as I liked uh, Garden State. And then I haven't rewatched... I, I told this to Tim already, I haven't seen Garden State since I was probably 16, no. something like that. And, the perfect uh, age to watch Garden State. Say, yeah, we were like both. Both Tim and I were like, I don't think that would age particularly well. So if I watched it now, I'd it probably be like, mm. <laughs> even though I am a person who has a lot of feelings and, and acknowledges that well and, and likes those kinds of things, but it, it, it was perfect when I was fourteen and yeah. when it came out, and then you know now not so. But wish I was here. It doesn't even feel <clears> like. Um, Feels like he skipped the in between, like he was probably skewing too young with Garden State for like the teenager crowd, and then Wish I Was Here is like hitting people. Yes, that's right, Clancy Brown in the Flash. He was awesome. Um, Hell yes. But uh, with Wish I Was Here, I think he's skewing a little bit too. Like maybe maybe I'd appreciate it more if I had kids and was in the situation that he was in. But um, you know, it it just felt like it was missing the mark a lot to me, and didn't have real emotional resonance in terms of like I wasn't along with him with the problems that he was having and even all the problems that he figured he was having it didn't seem like they were actually issues like it's it's really strange it's strange but I know you were somewhat interested in it Tim and I, I was if you if you do end up checking it out I'd, I'd be interested in hearing what you have to say about it yeah cause. yeah because I'm in the same but like once you hit a certain age I think Garden State you, I don't want watch it again yeah because like, i'll just i'll probably roll my eyes at it but when you watch it pre mid-20s probably yeah. <laughs> i don't know um yeah. it's good um but i always like i i always liked him on scrubs i always liked scrubs quite absolutely a but Love how scrubs. much of that was him i don't know so yeah. that, i think a lot <laughs> i mean of he was that, really good at the character but I, yeah. a lot of that's like bill lawrence yeah. and just everybody who was involved with that show yeah. like uh, john c Riley. Yeah. Amazing. Oh, no, no, John, uh, John C. McGillie. John C. McGillie, yeah. <laughs> sorry. John C. And John C. Riley when he was probably on that he show. He may have watched at it. At some point. Yeah. <laughs> Channeled his Riley Force through the, through the writers. <laughs> he, 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 the John C. team. I don't know. There's a joke there somewhere. You guys put it together. Write in feedback at MidwestFilmLives.com. Let us know what joke I should have said at that point. This is Alex with a quick editor's note here. There are spoilers for both Skyfall and Dracula Untold in the news items today. If you want to avoid them, please go to MidwestFilmNerds.com and take a look at the time codes for each story. Uh, that's it. Thanks. So, we'll move into our film news. This week there's not a whole lot to talk about, but Christoph Waltz has been cast in Bond 24 alongside Dave Bautista and the rest of the Daniel Craig uh, Bond players, um, I'm excited. I'm excited for every like all all of the stuff about this Bond is good. Like it has me feeling good. Um, we're all assuming Christoph Waltz is a villain because yeah, he's so good at it. Yeah, but did the Dame make it out of Skyfall or did she die? I can't remember. The Dame, Judy Dench. Are we gonna talk about this right now? Is that a spoiler? Skyfall's been out for three years. <laughs> it is on Netflix. Okay, okay. Well, we won't talk about it then. But Spoilers, but the Dane did pass away. Did she? Okay. Yes. Philomena, I saw Philomena. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's really good. I'm not joking. Word association. Um, I don't know. Any other thoughts? Is that elemental? She's so good. Any other thoughts on uh, Christoph Waltz? It's good. Yeah? Yeah, I'm... Christoph, well, yeah, and Batista. Batista's such an awesome heavy yeah. for a Bond movie. Yeah. Yep. And, yeah. Yeah, they, like, the casting call for that was basically, we want a job. Yeah. Really? Yeah, but it's, he's apparently playing, according to IMDb, he's playing Hinks. Hinks? Yeah, I don't know if that's a past Bond, uh... Whatever. Yep. H-I-N-X. But... Well, it's weird, because it's kind of, I mean, from what it seems like... It, they are kind of reboot. They rebooted it with Skyfall, and mm-hmm. it's weird to do that three movies into Daniel Craig's run. Yeah, but it kind of seems that it's going, and this seems like a another reboot with kind of characters that have been used in the past. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I uh, yeah. I want to see 
Batista with a bowler hat. <laughs> throwing it and killing people. Absolutely. Uh, apparently, Chevatella Giafor was also cast. Really? According to IMDb. According to IMDb, so this could be incorrect. But she would have, let's do it. That's awesome. That sounds good. And then um, everybody's favorite movie universe nowadays, the Universal Monsterverse, as it was coined, TM by Willie Gibbs, because uh, nobody else could have <laughs> nobody possibly thought of that. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we're getting The Mummy, June 24th, 2015. They announced the next movie in the series will be The Wolfman in April of 2017. The writer is Aaron Guzikowski of Prisoners fame. Oh, really? Yes. That's interesting. So it is. Prisoners is such a well-written movie. Absolutely. Overall. Absolutely. So, and and we should say they uh, there's a few few other things here that they've thrown out. Um, these movies are going to skew more action and adventure than horror. Which, from what we've heard of the Mummy, it seems like the Mummy might still be a little bit horror-y, thrillery, jump scare yeah. kind of deal. But um, they they have said that they're going to aim a little bit more for action and adventure. We've also got Noah Hawley, who is responsible, the showrunner for Fargo, the TV show. Uh, he's apparently writing something for this universe. And Ed Solomon of Men in Black and Now You See Me fame is also working on another movie. And then they have stated that their movies will include, thus far, including uh, Wolfman and the Mummy. We've got Dracula, of course, from Dracula Untold. Uh, Frankenstein, The Bride of Frankenstein, The Invisible Man, and Van Helsing. Are they doing the bride? Are they doing the Bride of Frankenstein? <laughs> they just said that the movies will include these characters. This oh, is what the universe okay. will consist of thus far. That's okay. what they said. So, I, what do you guys think? Are you excited for Wolfman? Are you excited for the Mummy? I'm excited for all of them in the context that it's a new wave of Universal movies. But yeah. the idea that they're all going to somehow link up. To like rob banks or whatever is really, <laughs> really weird. They're gonna take on the fast crew. Oh, that's right. Whoa! Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> just blew my mind. Wouldn't that be beautiful? Oh, but Luke Evans. Oh, what's he gonna do? Yeah. yeah. He's a vent. He's, he's, well, what if in that movie he was Dracula? <laughs> <laughs> it's, I mean, it's. Spoiler alert for Dracula Untold, but it's entirely possible. <laughs> right. I also thought I read somewhere that there was an indication that they were going to re... They were going to essentially Edward Norton, Luke Evans' Dracula, and they were going to like recast Dracula. No, no way. Nope. No. No? They filmed that bumper exclusively yeah. to include him into this universe. To do this? Yeah. Okay. And so, you know what? I, Dracula Untold is what Dracula Untold is, but Luke Evans is a really good Dracula. He's, yeah. yeah. He's, he did a great job yeah. as Dracula. Yeah, so I I was more interested in seeing him go on than anything else. But the weird, <laughs> the weird, I've already said the spoilers, but the weird implications of like a modern day Dracula, right? With Charles Dance, which is awesome, uh, being around. I like I, it's strange. It's a really strange universe, and I'm fascinated to see it come together. But I don't know if it's going to come together well or not. That's the real question for me. Plus. I, I didn't mention I mentioned I didn't mention the worst part of any of this news, which has already been known. Uh, I know Alex Kurtzman Here is writing comes, and yeah. directing the Mummy. It's one he, tick better just, than Bob Orsi, but he's doing the he's doing one movie. Right? That's it. He's not like he's a, doing the Mummy. He's not like an overlord. I don't here. think he's an overlord. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't think he's the Whedon overseer of this. Okay, uh, so he's not bringing them all together. I, I don't think so, but I could be wrong about that. Yeah, I thought he was. No, what he's, was doing, he's been doing a lot of things. I, I thought Sinister he was Six? Yeah. Probably. Drew Goddard was doing Sinister Six. Mm. He left Daredevil to do Sinister Six. Oh, then he's writing and directing. But Kurtzman was working on like Venom. He was working on Venom, yeah. Yeah. And maybe but now that, was like, we don't want Now to that Spider-Man, it. yeah, now that Spider-Man's in this Who weird... Oh, we made $800 million, but we're going to reboot this for the third time in a decade. Uh, is that what they're thinking again? Probably. They wanted, they, they, that, that was the rumor was that they were going to reboot it with the Aunt May movie. They're going to reboot Spider-Man with that was, Aunt May. That movie. was the rumor. That was what it was. What was stated? I don't know if that was Elmer. What an insane idea! They, they already said that that's not the case. Okay. It's yeah. They said they're not making an Aunt May film, but they've been they've been kicking they've around been kicking around re revamping Spider-Man. Spider-Man's in this really minute. weird like. Supposedly, Disney and Sony brokered a deal to get Spider-Man to show up in Avengers Four. That that was that was rumor. Yeah, we don't know. Spider-Man has always been a character 
they're so amazing and always gets crapped on by the people in charge. <laughs> like, because Marvel has jerked him around too in the comics. And yeah. It, it's like they don't understand what to do with him, and he's a really easy character. Like, he's just a dude. <laughs> if they if they didn't cut a deal to get him in Avengers Infinity War, it would kind of make some sense because yeah. he plays a role in that in the comics. Also, Civil War to an extent, but yeah. I would rather they just keep Andrew Garfield on because I think he's a great Spider-Man. That, I think, yeah. like, we don't we don't know what the mechanics of this agreement would even be, though. Like, it could be like a, hey, we are both going to use the same Spider-Man. Or it could simply be along the lines of Scarlet Witch, Quicksilver, where maybe Disney has thrown enough money at them gotcha. to be like, we can use this character in our movies. But we'll make him our version. Yes. We don't, and like we said, like this is total rumor. We have not had any confirmation. It would be cool. Like that, that's one rumor that I actually like get a little excited for. I wouldn't be angry at all if they stuck with Andrew Garfield. Like I, I'd be okay. Like Andrew Garfield works for me as Spider. The idea of seeing Spider Man uh, with the Avengers is really yeah. titillating. Mm-hmm. So. Even if you can, like, titillating it'd as be the really cool if he bummed around on like the Netflix series too with the yeah, with all the New York true. New York guys, but. I don't know. I'm somehow we got back to nerd. I'm, I'm really curious. You know, you default to what you know. Uh, it's like the, the the whatever Godwin's law that we always get back to Hitler on the internet somehow. I'm, I'm really he's the most extreme example. Uh, I, I I'm really intrigued by this universal universe. Is what I'm going to call it. Oh uh, yeah. Universal universer. Universals. Ossity. I like um, the Universal Monsterverse. It's uh, Willie Gibbs. I don't know. I don't know. I just don't know what don't know what to expect from them. I'm fascinated by it. It's funny that you're this interested in it and you didn't like. I, I suppose I told you about Dracula Untold, and maybe then it piqued your interest a little bit. But you seem more interested off of just the news. Well, even yeah, for sure. I mean, the, just the trailer for Dracula Untold. I was like, when it, when like it got ready, like the, when the trailer started, I like cracked my knuckles and sat up like here you go I'm gonna rip into this thing and then the trailer ended and I was like, like eh. I actually kind of want to see that yeah. but I still haven't but it was mostly Charles dances like that absolutely <laughs> Dracula that I was like yes <laughs> that's the Dracula I want to see like I, I don't want to see pretty boy Dracula with swords doing underworld shit I like I like the scary decrepit vampire living in like a cove somewhere like that's that's cool that's horror yeah. and uh, I was like that, that's kind of what I was into but I mean, when I was a kid, I loved the Wolfman, I loved the Invisible Man, I loved Frankenstein, and uh, the Mummy and the, and the Creature and, and Dracula were all very cool, too, but yeah. those were like the, the ones I really liked. And um, it's I'm excited by, the, by the, the prospect of seeing newer versions of those, but yeah. if they're going to be more action-adventure-y, they could still be good. I mean, some of those characters lend themselves to that. Like, I remember the first time I saw League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, I was like, this is really dumb, but it's also kind of really cool. <laughs> like, the concept of it is really cool. Yeah. Uh, so, I don't know. I don't know what to think. Final thought, Tim? Uh, just, I, I think it'll work re- I think it'll work fine for Mummy Wolfman. Yeah. I worry about a action Frankenstein, <laughs> just because <laughs> I don't think he's a character. Uh, the Frankenstein monster doesn't lend yeah. itself well to action, because he's kind of a shambler. But It'd be interesting. I didn't see Yo Frankenstein, though, so I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it was really It's true. Cool. <laughs> It'd be interesting if, if uh, Frankenstein was somehow kind of halt into... Into Ooh. the universe, Hawkeye into the universe is probably a better. Invisible Man would be like a cool like spy. Oh, it could be such a sweet caper yeah. movie, spy movie. Because I think that's how you have to make that one. Because that's a weird one to make now, just because at the time it was people. It was basically people screwing around with the effect of like yeah. we can make this guy invisible yeah. and having fun with that. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so ridiculous, and I think they know. But now you kind of have to do something else. But it would be a really cool. It part. could be so. I mean, I could see like a like a mob. Damn it. It's starting to make sense. <laughs> a, a monster super team is starting to make sense. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I for one hope that Kevin Bacon returns. No. Because <laughs> Hollow Man took it into that weird, like, rapey territory. Yeah. That, like, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Can easily follow. Like, I, I, that, that the Invisible should... Man's wheelhouse of rape. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you've left me no choice but to put that on the list of potential band names. <laughs> Right next to Matt Damon's Space Madness. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. And Taylor Kitsch Earring Exchange. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll, move <laughs> we'll move on to our review of Dan Gilroy's Nightcrawler. Uh, this is starring Jake Gyllenhaal, uh, Bill Paxton, 
uh, Rene Rousseau, and a few other people. And the IMDb synopsis says, When Lou Bloom, a driven man desperate for work, muscles into the world of L.A. crime journalism, he blurs the line between observer and participant to become the star of his own story. Aiding him in his effort is Nina, a TV news veteran. So there you go. Yeah. Thanks, IMDb. So that weird sentence he tacked on at the end. <laughs> All right. So Dan Gilroy, uh, has, he's got some family pedigree by, by way of brother Tony and... Uh, Tony. Uh, Tony Gilroy being known for, um, I believe, Michael Clayton. Right? Michael Clayton and, and some of the Bourne. He's written some Bourne movies and he directed Bourne Legacy. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know what else we've seen from Dan Gilroy except for. Uh, no, this is his directorial debut. Yeah. So he wrote The Fall though, which is which you're a big awesome. Fan. Yeah. Is that the um, Tarzan? Yes. Yeah. Um, so, Nightcrawler, I don't know, I remember seeing the, the first, like, trailer for this come on, and I, like, I think it, it was, like, an Inside Lewin Davis case where it just started auto-playing when the page came up, and I was like, I need to watch this right now. <laughs> and I watched the first trailer, which was, which was somewhat, it, I think it was just footage for the trailer, and I immediately was like, this is an interesting character, good on Jake Gyllenhaal for picking more weird stuff to do. And I want to see this movie, but I don't know. What did, what did you guys think of Nightcrawler, Nick? Of the movie or, yeah. or leading up to it? Um, Either, both. I mean, I, I was kind of in your in your same boat yeah. where I was really intrigued by it. Um, I remember the name caught my ear because I was like, "Who what?" Because I thought it was like it maybe be something to do with the X Men, and then I got Alan Cumming like, is. I was like, "Oof, no, no, no mas." <laughs> um, pass. <laughs> um, but I, I, I was thinking it sounded, it seemed cool. It seemed like a cool subject. I was like, all right, this is something that is kind of an interesting uh, side to, to news. News has always been really fascinating to me mm-hmm. because it's it's weird that it still exists. Mm-hmm. I think it's with the ways in we, which we can get our news are, are so numerous now that the fact that people still default to sitting down in front of their like TV, TV turning TV on the news, news yeah, yeah, is really interesting to me. TV but, local news. But yeah, yeah but the, yeah, the, the, the the way the way the news works and the function that news serves to to not I mean it, its main its primary purpose is to inform but at the same time it needs to make money like anything else and so yep. you get those news networks uh, similar to the one one of the networks portrayed in this movie that they try to release the most shocking content in order to get the viewers and that kind of thing and it and it it's it's a very it's, it's still it's about a, ratings it's a really interesting business yeah and less about getting information because like a lot of people know that movies like hollywood is is a real dirty business and it it's that's kind of evident on the surface but people news has this like polish and prestige to it that like oh news anchors he's a clean cut guy that seems like a role model in that but like it's still kind of seedy underneath. So mm-hmm. I think that the subject matter was really interesting. Uh, as far as the movie goes, <clears throat> Tim? <laughs> um, I, 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 I got to hear what you got to say first. Okay, well done. <laughs> um, I went to school, like, when I was, I went to college because I wanted to get into TV news production. Really? Yeah, that was the whole okay. reason I went to college. And then I didn't because it's really gross. To me, a lot of it, I think, and um, and this movie does a pretty good job of capturing it. I think it might go a little bit overboard okay. at times with how, how it presents it because it's not quite, from what I know of it, it's not quite as not quite as sinister. Sinister, like yeah, yeah, yeah. So in LA, though, that's kind of what, and you know, it has been <laughs> a while since I've even thought about it, so it might be worse now. So, <laughs> I mean, because there is, if it bleeds, it leads, is what they always say. Yep. And um, that's got this going for it. Some of the stuff was a little sensational to me, though. I don't think they would, I don't think they would do, put on TV some of the stuff they yeah. put on TV. Totally. And it goes overboard with that. That's kind of what I meant. Um, I thought this was good for half of it. <laughs> and Hall is the best part. Absolutely. Um, he's really he plays basically. I mean, he's play, basically he plays an American Psycho, a Patrick Bateman type yeah. in this, and he's really good in it. And it's I've always been kind of lukewarm, I guess, on him. And I've seen him in stuff I've really liked, and I've seen him good in stuff. But this is he's really good in this. He's very um, this is a um, fine performance. <laughs> and um, it's got some. I, I like Rene Russo. 
Bill Paxton is in this. They're both good. It's just as it goes on, it starts to, I don't know, lose what was kind of interesting to me. And also, it kind of, like I said, it goes overboard into a little bit of sensationalism itself. Yeah. So it kind of... It kind of it's calling out something for being sensational, and it totally is sensational in its own uh, right. Um, I think it does a good job at the beginning of presenting the fact that the, there are still human beings like involved in this. You know what I mean? Like because that's the thing that bothers me most is when they go when news does what it does and sensationalizes stuff, they forget that there's actual human beings that yeah. died. <laughs> so yeah. this does a good job early. Of presenting that, and then it kind of loses me at the end when it gets in. It's a movie that doesn't know how to end, kind of like my review. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the movie inspired your review. <laughs> right. Like, it, once it gets to the third act, it completely goes off the rails for me. So. Yeah, I uh, I have a lot of the same points. I Jake Gyllenhaal was was absolutely fantastic, and I and as I said, I think he continues to pick interesting roles for himself. And when you look at this compared to, like, Detective Loki of Prisoners, compared to Donnie Darko, even, like, going that far back, he's, he's, he's not that guy who's been like, oh, this is the, uh, this is my, uh, how to lose a guy in ten days, and, like, like, he does he's not picking those, like, I can make these paychecks here, mm-hmm. in my opinion. I might look yeah, at his IMDb. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, Prince of Persia. <laughs> I completely retract that last statement. <laughs> I said out of the movies that I've seen that Jake Gyllenhaal's been, <laughs> I think he's done a good job of picking picking uh, different different roles, and and I think he did Prince of Persia and maybe took a step back and was like, I don't have to. I do have a that. choice here. Yeah, but um, I think I think a lot of the actors involved did a very good job. Bill Bill Paxton was was a lot of fun in my opinion. Uh, uh, the the only person, and I know Nick kind of agrees, the only person that I don't think is like particularly strong is the dude who who plays his, his uh, employee. Yeah. Um, but this movie doesn't. It's it's somewhat non-committal to me. There's parts where it seems like it's going for like weird dark comedy ish, and it's never quite funny about it. And there's moments where it's going for the shock and sensation of it all. But it doesn't take it like like super far to enough to be like a, a real satire of, of the elements that it's looking at. So I feel like it kind of fails in that sense. I feel like it should have like they needed to ratchet it up in order to really make it like insane. Like this is what we're headed to in terms of news, and I think that's what it's trying to say. Mm-hmm. But I just don't think that what it puts out there in the in these terms really delivers that point in, in, a neat, in a neat bow. And then I don't really know where we're supposed to end up with this. Like you said, it's like Jake Gyllenhaal in the end of the movie. We're, we're really just kind of like this movie doesn't feel like it builds to anything. And, and, and that's strange. It's <clears throat> It feels like it should have a little bit more of a point to it. it, it try, yeah, it, it's almost like it, once it gets, it goes, oh my god, we need to have like a big conflict at the end of this movie, and it has this weird, like final twenty minutes that are tries to be like a straight up thriller at yeah. times, and it that was where it kind of threw me, yeah, because I was I was with it a little, I mean, for the most part until that, and then I was like, Ugh. yeah, All right. Nick, any thoughts on the actual movie? Yeah, I um. I like steak a lot, like like the food steak. <laughs> I've eaten enough steaks, and I consider myself informed enough on steaks that I can I can tell when one isn't prepared the way I like it. <laughs> and you know, like like when you order, it's because you know you have this idea of what you want a steak to be like. And the the fortunate thing about a steak is you can order it though you want. Um, and you know, there's a whole there's a whole presentation that goes into it. You've got all, all the sides and everything, and it's a whole thing. This movie is is like a steak that. A steak dinner, I should say, where all the ingredients are there, and the presentation is good, but at the in the end, it's just ultimately not the way I wanted it to be. And I think it was, it was, I just can't tell if it's still too rare or if it's overcooked because it's, <laughs> it's it didn't quite hit that sweet spot, and it gets so close. There's a lot of little tiny things in this movie. I think you could fix a little bit, and it could be a way better movie. Yeah. 
I think Joan Hall is like you guys said he's outstanding. Uh, the most of the supporting cast is all very very good, and um, you know there's a lot of tried and true actors in there like like Rene Russo and uh, and Paxton who are good. They're good enough that I forget who they are. Like Paxton's a hard one too. Where I'm yeah. like, we all have elevated Paxton like man god status in this group, <laughs> and he just totally like it was a very good character. Slips in, yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, as Paxton is wont to do. <laughs> and, uh, the biggest thing that of what Tim said that, that sticks with me is the ending. The ending is so stupid. I hated the ending. The actual very, 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 very ending in this movie, mm-hmm. I really didn't like at all. And uh, the third act, I mean, I see what you're saying for sure. And there are parts of it I liked where it got a little <laughs> thrillery. But, you know, I got, I got hoodwinked by the trailer because the trailer kind of painted this picture of where this movie was going to go. It was yeah. more of a rise and fall downward spiral type thing. And I was really excited about that because I was like, ooh, here we have this crazy character who's really like unhinged, and it turns out the reality is more that he is not unhinged. He's 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 very crazy and sociopathic, but he's not like crazy where he's gonna destroy himself. He's mm-hmm. very in control, and so while that was really fun to watch, the story I wanted was something a little more about somebody undoing themselves. Yeah, and the trailer made it seem like that was kind of gonna happen, and so shame on me, I guess, for for watching the trailer and and. Yeah, and you know, cultivating that expectation, but I think it would have made for a better movie. Yeah, because where it ends is very unsatisfying, and and like I think the first thing I because even I usually as soon as the movie's over when I see it with you, which is pretty often, um, you is me is Alex. Alex. Yes, I'm, I'm pointing at him and everything. Um, usually when as soon as it's over, we like we'll look at each other and be like, <laughs> or like we didn't say anything about this movie for like seven minutes after it was <laughs> over. We were like in the lobby of the theater, and finally I was like. What was the point? Yeah. Like, then nothing happens. Really. Yeah. Like, things happen, but then there's no ending. The movie doesn't really end. It just kind of, like, has, like, a, where's the rest of the movie? Mm-hmm. It's it's weird. I, I didn't like the note that it left me on. Yeah. Especially from a directorial standpoint. The final shot, I wanted to rip my seat up, throw it to the screen, and be like, where's the rest? <laughs> <laughs> That's not good. And the beginning is amazing. All the all the shots of, of the L.A. landscape and everything are, are fantastic. I got really excited. Oh, the soundtrack. Yeah. <laughs> it's so bad. This is the worst original score I think I've heard in a decade. Like it is, it is not only is it just boring and stupid, it doesn't fit the movie at all. Yeah, you said you wished that uh, Trent Reznor. I this I was I was yearning for Trent and Atticus to, to break out their little eighteen key Casios out of their mom's closets and come whip me up a score because. This thing was... I told you, it's like James Newton Howard was, was in the bathtub, and they called him, like, hey, you want to score this movie? He's like, yeah, hang on, let me Dropbox you some files, and just, like, sent music that he had later on. <laughs> he pulled everything out of his trash bin on his Mac. Yeah, it was just, like, it, it made no sense. There were, there, were, there were times where music was playing, I was like, this literally does not fit the mood of this movie. Yeah. It could... It, I see what you said. It could have worked, though, if it was more of a dark comedy than... What yeah, it, exactly. It was if this more, had been more, like, Death to Smoochie than, yeah. like... Yeah, if it had been taken it there, it would have worked, but the, the movie played it pretty straight most of the time. Mm-hmm. There were there were beats of comedy throughout, but overall it was... Eh. I will say, though, the a lot of the direction is good. Like There wasn't really a lot that like blew me away. I was like, wow, that was an awesome shot. But anything involving car chases in this movie was incredibly shot. Yeah. Like, oh my god, anything involving cars was so sweet. And I was like, I think somebody involved in this movie had a lot of experience in shooting that stuff, because it was... Really, really good. Stuff. I mean, and a lot of the times in Bourne movies, the car, the car stuff is shot pretty it's, well. It's, so he might have had some some input. No, there me. were there were lots of very very cool shots in this movie that I, I really dug, um, and and the little montage in the middle, like we were just talking about over dinner, <laughs> was uh, painting the picture of this lonely solitary man was really good and really scary. Yeah, so there's a lot think, about it that's very I think effective. Jalen Hall and his character, the character that he is, his character is really well fleshed out. Yeah, but the events plot wise that happen with the character are needed, needed a better story. Yeah, so but it was All damn right. it was damn close. Yeah, it was damn yeah. close. Um, I think we'll hop into spoiler Terry in terms of recommending this movie or not. I think if you're intrigued. Uh, you know, I wish I hadn't watched the trailer. I'll say that as kind of Nick Nick said in so many words. Um, but uh, if if you are intrigued by Jake Gyllenhaal, you do want to see this movie. I think it's worth checking out. But I wouldn't expect it to knock it out of the park. Right. So. All right, we will take a quick break and then head right into spoiler Terry. As well as something I happen to be good at. 
how I know that today's work culture no longer caters to the job loyalty that could be promised to earlier generations. What I believe is that good things come to those who work their asses off. Here we are in spoiler Terry for Nightcrawler. Uh, we forgot to talk about how many bras that uh, Paxton put out there. Hey, brah! I was really happy every time he was like, brah! Yeah, Bill Paxton's really funny. Yeah, we laughed a lot. He was he was pretty awesome. Um, I, I the trailer really led me into believing that Jake Gyllenhaal was going to have a lot more blood on his hands. Yeah, and and that's kind of like I wanted to walk out of this way out of out of this movie feeling disgusted and sad. And while I there was a little bit of that because it's still like disturbing what he ends up doing, I wanted it to go a lot darker. Me too. Like, I, I remember uh, the first trailer I saw, I was like, ooh, he looks like he's going to have, like, a psychotic breakdown. Uh, I don't know why, but I was really excited by that. And it was the shot of the mirror and all that, of him screaming. I was like, cool, cool. And then I accidentally, I shouldn't say accidentally, but I, I watched another trailer in the theater, like, later on. And I saw the scene where he moves the body. Yep. And I was like, ooh. And then, like, I heard... The voiceover, and then I stopped watching because I was like, eh, I didn't want to see that. And then I heard the voiceover of his partner saying, like, this is some seriously messed up shit and all that. And I was, like, thinking, he's going to start killing people or something in order to yeah. to start being the first guy in the scene. I wanted that movie so bad. Which he kind of, like, he technically does. Mm-hmm. He does. But I thought it was it was gonna like the blood was gonna be more directly on his hands. Yeah. He's, he's, more, he's more like a really master manipulator in this, in yeah. this movie. And, yeah, yeah. Um, it's he never really faces much for obstacles, and when he does, he overcomes them so easily that mm-hmm. there's like no drama to. Uh, Which yeah. in a way is kind of cool. It is, yeah, yeah. and I because I, I, I'd imagine there there are a lot of people out in the world like this who are who are maybe not a lot, but they're like these really intelligent sociopaths, especially ones that are that driven to like kill it in a certain right. career, and they'll they'll they'll, <laughs> they'll do whatever. It takes to... <laughs> no, I've met people like this. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's interesting. I mean, it's, uh, it was, it's an interesting movie. It's just not the thriller that I wanted it to be. I'm, the, I was really unhappy with the fuzziness of the written, the legality of everything. Right. Like, I was like, even after the first newscast, the one where he goes into the couple's home next door and gets pictures of the, of the gunshots, I was like, I feel like somebody would have seen that newscast and been like, he was in our house? Yeah. Like, what the hell? And then start, like, there should, I felt like there should be some kind of repercussion for that. And they, like, it gets to be a throwaway line where the straight-laced guy is like, I don't know where this is. Oh, the guy from Mad Men? Yeah, Rene Russo's like, I don't care, put it on anyway. The guy from Mad Men was so funny because he has the same scene, like, four times. He's like, (laughs) I can't deal with this. And he keeps coming back. Yeah, yeah. Green screened him in. He filmed it once. <laughs> <laughs> but it, I felt like a lot of the legality there. There, it's fair that they're like, we don't even want to deal with that. That's not the center focus of what we're doing here. But I felt like they could have. I don't know. It seemed like I was. Would Bill Paxton be the kind of guy that cuts into the house like that? No. Probably not. No, that's not. that's the the line that I think they established early on in the movie. Jill that Jill and Paul crosses. Yeah. I think it's probably, it's probably legal, like, for the, because he's a con, he's a contractor and he doesn't work for the news station. Like, she said when the cops show it's, up, like, give that, and she's like, well, no, it's, it's our property now, and they're like, we, we've paid for it. And, like, they didn't, they can't tell a news cameraman to go into a house and... Absolutely. So it's not, they do ask it's legal you, for them to show. It right. might be legal for them to show and purchase, but I think that there would be grounds for somebody to be like, this dude was on my private property. This is proof of, like, this is him, his, and I, you know, it might fall apart when they can be like, well, can you prove that he was the one contractor that did it? Which, the, I mean, if like that, was, the, the if network like, were subpoenaed, they would probably say, yeah, there's a paper trail. He was getting paid with checks, but I think, um, like he said, when they ask him, how did you get this? And he's like, well, I approached the door and I heard somebody saying something, so I went inside. You can't it's really still, disprove it. But I mean, but there's still like, I don't know, like I, like even, even his whole reasoning in the end where he's like, I walked in and wanted to help. Like, yeah. 
I feel I still feel like there's something like the, there there there's got to be some grounds to be like you should not have been there like this is an active crime scene yes but you've got a video camera and your purpose was to I don't know it's really fuzzy and it doesn't get really properly addressed yeah, I, I was more frustrated with the the crime scene the the murder the house mm-hmm. where all the people were murdered uh, I I liked where it was ending. I liked where it was going at the end with like the detective being like, I, I see right through you and all that. I thought we had like another 15, 20 minutes of movie where he was... She gonna, was going to take him down. Right. It was going to be like some Gone Girl type, been cool. type shit. Yeah, yeah. And I was getting really excited. I was like, ooh, cool. This character's going to get his comeuppance. And he doesn't. He just gets two turtle events and then like, yeah, just goes out and see that stupid crane shot at the end that just shows them driving. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I, I wanted it to end right at, right at his when he's like... Just remember, I would never ask you to do anything I wouldn't do. I wanted to just cut to black right then and be like, boom. I was like, ooh, that would be a really awesome ending. Just cut like right on that line. But then it's like, hey, think, kids, let's go. I think you? they should have ended with a montage of all of his uh, employees being murdered. And just like... Him luring them into traps. <laughs> <laughs> There's like a punji pit with a bunch of tigers <laughs> on Someone fell down there. <laughs> it, yeah. Yeah, it was just it was so close to being a great movie, and it just made some some decisions that I, I think made for a less entertaining movie. Maybe it's a better moral fable or a better cautionary tale. But it's about, not because he doesn't. He gets away with everything. Well, I don't. Like I don't mean. I don't mean for. I don't mean for his character, but for the world at large. Yeah. Just like you know, these. This is the we're allowing this to start to become yeah. a possibility. I almost think the problem with that is though is like this has been what news has been for like 10 or 15 years at least now like he's coming into this and saying this stuff and it was like oh, you're a little late him, him being Dan Gilroy <laughs> Dan Gilroy right yeah the movie's saying all these things and like it's been like this for a while now like we were kind of and that's it's kind of a bummer but I mean <laughs> it's kind of um, I want to say one thing I liked about it and we talked about this a little bit but before is I thought the coolest thing the movie did was use actual news anchors at points. Yeah. Because it's really kind of a subversive thing to use these people yeah. in a movie they, well, it's just flat out attacking their entire profession. <laughs> and it was really funny to me. Yeah, so apparently almost everybody that wasn't like the two that were at KTL right. or whatever were all actual newscasters. Right. They and were playing themselves. Just that idea that he, like... Oh, I didn't even realize that. They, they yeah. got Holy the, shit. <laughs> they got them to do that. There were a ton of real newscasters. It's yeah. so funny to me. Uh, like, that's the funniest part of the week. That is weird. <laughs> I think one of my biggest problems, and maybe my biggest problem, is the casting of Rene Russo, because Rene Russo is way too powerful and beautiful a woman and, and, and like, strong of a presence and actress to ever come off like she's supposed to in this movie like she plays a sad desperate character and renee russo does not come off like that at all in this movie yeah like she's there are i feel nothing like i don't buy her for a second falling for you need me you need and jake gyllenhaal's character it's just and i think part of that is the cat like i just don't think renee russo can play that real well because of the way she is and That's it's interesting because that part would have been better in someone that could play kind of someone who looks kind Who's of on their last rung. That, but yeah, is yeah. I, I didn't buy her for a second in this role. I, and that's interesting because I remember at the dinner conversation when Jillian Hall is like, "You, you have you have the worst ratings, blah 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 blah, or you're you're the you're the least popular news station or whatever." I news program. I didn't get the impression that they were. Like, there was nothing about that that made me felt like he was going to the the network that mm-hmm. would need him the most, technically. Right. Which, for story purposes, it makes sense, but it never felt to me like they were the ones that were yeah. flooding, like, or maybe, flooding behind. Maybe there should have been another scene or two with her character outside of the movie. but then, Yeah, but I, I, get, I get what you're saying. Yeah. It makes sense. Like, she... She should have a little bit more vulnerability to her character in order to succumb to Jake Gyllenhaal's shtick and plan. Yeah. And she never comes across like that. No. And I I just think that's the way she is, too, so. That's fair. That's fair. Um, I did want to say, there there was a post that I ran across on Reddit today that was... um, 
the title of the video, it was just news station gets caught editing young boy's interview to make him seem like a thug. And it was this it was this kid, like a young young kid, they're talking about somebody who had been shot, blah 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 blah. And they're like, uh, are you scared of, are you scared of guns? He's like, Yeah, I'm scared of guns. Then they're like uh, are you gonna or no he's like I'm not scared, scared of guns and then he's like what are you what are you gonna do when you get older he's like I'm, I'm gonna have a gun and then they cut it but then somebody plays the full interview afterwards and it's just him saying I'm gonna have a gun because I'm a I want to be a cop right yeah and so like that weird re-editing of the of the of the package to say what you want it to say yeah it's it totally happens yeah it might not be to the extent of this movie where it's like you know but even this movie's not really re-editing as much as it's just showing the most gratuitous, <laughs> disgusting footage you can. Yeah, that's what kind of threw me, I guess, was that. Because it, it, yeah, it seems like it wants to keep upping the ante with mm-hmm. what he does, and then I start thinking, well, like, I mean, would they really show this? Like, yeah. even if they're desperate, isn't there a line legally that they can't cross? And I don't know if it ever... And they kind of talk about that when yeah. they pull in the one woman and they're like, okay, what do we have to do? She's like, well, you have to cover all their faces because they're still right. important. Like, yeah. It's good enough, I guess. But. but but yeah, it still leaves a little... like It, it crosses the journalistic line of ethics, I'm sure. But mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, in terms of... I mean, in the world we live in in 2014, if you just put a warning label on something, you right. can do whatever you want. Yeah. yeah. And that's what so they... So that's what they do, yeah. yeah. All right. Any final thoughts? Tim's comment about Renee Russo was interesting because I felt I felt a little bit the opposite. Like okay. I liked her because I, while I was watching it, I felt like I was watching a woman who probably moves to LA when she was like nineteen, try to be an actress who was like pretty, and she like probably learned the hard way about like the way that that world is out there, and that you need to like compromise yourself sometimes to get ahead. Mm-hmm. And I think I kind of got the vibe from her that she was now experienced and professional enough where she she put on this front of power because she felt she had earned it but even people that feel and are powerful there's always people that are more powerful than you and there's always people that can undo you simply usually when you when you don't expect it especially when you get acclimated to that power I think right and so I think I kind of viewed her, especially during that scene. I think she played the dinner scene really, really well because she starts off very, like, in control of the conversation. And then I think she kind of realizes that she's been a little bit cornered. And I like the moment when he actually... Because when the first scene we meet her in and all the scenes in the control room, she's very, like, got the suit on and, like, I'm, I'm running this shit. This and so I'm like, yeah, this is my domain. And I like the scene in the restaurant because she actually stops and, like, laughs and is, like... She sits back and like her posture relaxes and she's like, "Whoa, like Just this like, is I happening." Like, have to deal with this. Uh, yeah, this is a thing now. Yeah, exactly. And I like that she when when it's just the two of them talking she's almost like afraid of him mm-hmm. but whenever there's even a third person in the room that's why every time she has to have a real conversation with him she asks whoever it is to leave because she's going to look vulnerable in this moment because yeah. he ruins things. So I, uh, I I thought she was really good. I I mean I I thought it was really genuine. Okay. I thought she did a good job, but not as I, good. Yeah, I, That's I a see. Good point. I, I definitely see where where Tim was coming from. I, I I agree with it on that level. But I'm I'm glad it was. Do, I guess I guess I would rather have an actress that is that can play powerful or the facade of powerful than somebody who was just going to seem like a weakling. Yeah, you he might boss that around. Might, your reading was much, uh, yeah interesting. So his victory over her is much has much more meaning. I think. Yeah. It's sad. But it's sad that that's all it takes. Yeah. I'm super thankful that I had this. I had a conversation about this movie with a couple other friends the other day, and I'm really glad Dan Gilroy did not show anything involving Lewis and Nina outside of the news station. Yeah, and he goes Except for that that just that line dinner scene. Well, yeah, yeah I mean, like, I mean, like uh, at the apartment and all that, yeah. like anything sexual. Just that one line was amazing enough where he's like. And you do whatever I did. Not like the last time kind of thing. I was like, ooh, like everyone in the theater, their skin just crawled out the door. Like it was And I was talking to some friends about it and my one friend goes, he goes, I'm so glad this is not a movie that was directed by David Fincher. He goes, because he would have milked that moment. He goes, We would have seen an awkward scene at the apartment of him like making her undress it. And like all this horrible, uh, disgusting, like human behavior. He's like, We would have seen it all. And I was like, Yeah, that's true. I'm really glad that 
he didn't need to delve into that because it made it that much more awesome when he just yeah. delivers that line and you're like, oh, I need to vomit right now. Yeah. Ugh. All right. I think that wraps up our review of Nightcrawler. Um, I can't believe Kent Shockneck is a real name. <laughs> yeah. uh, feedback at MidwestFilmNerds.com. Let us know what you thought of Nightcrawler. Let us know what you think of the Universal Monsterverse or the Universal Reverse or whatever. Whatever. Universe, universal verse. Um, <laughs> at MFN Podcast, you can tweet at us. Uh, we're also on Instagram under that handle. Feedback, I already did that. Midwest Film Nights Podcast on Facebook. Search for us there. Follow us. We try to. I usually try to put a question out per day to try and engage with the people, and I'd like to hear what you think. So come talk to us there. And two four eight seven three three five MFN, which is two four eight seven three three five six three six. Leave us a voicemail, and we might play it on the podcast and talk about your thoughts. Um, thank you, at Mr. John, and happy. We're recording this on on the seventeenth. Happy birthday, Mr. John. Um, thank you for our music and artwork. Yes. And uh, I think that's it. Kyle XY, go watch a movie. motto is, if you want to win the lottery, you have to make the money to buy a ticket. You have to make the money to buy a ticket. You have to make the money to buy a ticket. You have to make the money to buy a ticket. You have to make the money to buy a ticket!